This E-Cystic Fibrosis Review Special Edition podcast is presented by DKB Med Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Lisa Seyman, and welcome to E-Cystic Fibrosis Review. I'd like to introduce my guest, Dr. Marianne Mullebach. She is a professor of pediatric pulmonary medicine at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Marianne, welcome to the program. My first question is, I'd like you to reflect on your experiences at Chapel Hill as in-person CF clinics shut down this spring. Yes, thank you, Lisa. So the initial aspect was really how do we stay in touch with patients? How do we make sure they don't fall through the cracks? And it's, of course, the sickest ones that we needed to worry about. Their appointments suddenly got canceled, and our phone trees probably weren't manned immediately. So that was really a challenge initially, but we have a wonderful pre-existing teamwork of nurses, respiratory therapists, social workers, nutritionists, and everybody just stepped up and said, how can we remedy this situation? How can we do this? Marianne, I'm sure there was a huge learning curve for the entire team, but I know you also do research, and I've had the great fortune of being able to be one of your collaborators. Can you share how all of the initial shutdown impacted your research program? Yes, research was impacted at all levels. We had to figure out what to do with clinical interventional studies, as well as those that were more observational in nature. And these were studies with MRSA where patients were already enrolled. There is also an interesting big multi-center study that we worked with a total of 19 centers, so 10 centers, and each one of them pediatric and adult centers involved. We contacted them and we developed a survey that related to the shutdown of the clinics due to COVID-19. We asked them how did it affect their clinic staff, how did it affect patient care, what alternative options did they develop, and how did this all work for them. So, Marianne, will you share some of the highlights from the survey that you found? Yes, certainly. I'll be happy to. So, we found that within two weeks in March, all the clinics shut down. So, it was nationwide, pretty much the same schedule. All the clinics ramped up telehealth within somewhere of five days to two weeks. And they all also reported that you had to be flexible and just expect the next change to happen. These challenges that I saw and that are ongoing in many places is that there aren't very good means to get the regular surveillance that we do for our patients. And that includes getting cultures to make sure they don't have a new organism that requires treatment and to get regular spirometry to see are they losing any spirometry values. That is something that we heard even in our latest round of reports of that survey, that certain clinics still have about 50% of patients who hadn't been seen in person since March. So that, to me, is somewhat concerning. Sure. And when was that survey administered? So we sent the first round in April, and the latest one last week for a total of three surveys. So we are capturing also as the clinics open. So some patients are still not being seen. That's correct. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about was your perspective on the pluses and minuses of telehealth. Certainly telehealth has proven invaluable. As you mentioned, patients really couldn't be seen in person. But I'm imagining that there are some challenges 
with telehealth as well. Right. That is, I think, something we're still learning about, all the benefits and the disadvantages. An additional benefit to just being seen at all versus not at all is that for some families, the travel to the CF center was always a huge hurdle to get here, especially in states like North Carolina that are quite spread out. Patients often have to travel three hours one direction just to come to the clinic. That is something that I think the patients appreciate as well. I do have concerns and ongoing challenges is to get the whole team involved, which we are solving increasingly well with combined visits, tuning in the other members of the CF team. But there are certain aspects such as how does a newly diagnosed child learn how to do chest PT or how the parents learn it in this case? How do they get instructed how to clean an nebulizer? And my other concern is the missed opportunity of getting cultures on the regular schedule. The foundation and other countries have shown that having quarterly cultures is beneficial, and now we are falling behind. And we will only learn next year on what the consequences of this are. And that makes sense to me that, you know, we're really not going to understand all the implications of this for a while. I think the registry that the CF Foundation maintains will be very, very instructive in understanding the impact of this. Do you want to speculate? Do you think that telehealth is going to be part of CF care in the future because there are some potential benefits? I think it will be part of future care. And I'm personally quite interested in this topic as well to see how can we use all the beneficial aspects and on the other hand, develop those challenges that we have. How do we overcome those with remote culture techniques that we have actually been quite successful with at UNC? Wonderful. Thank you. So I had another question. You mentioned some of the concerns that you have, but Could you reflect on some other things that you're really worrying about for both your patients with CF as well as their families? Right. As I'm seeing more patients in person again, I'm realizing the impact, how it affects different people differently, of course. And there are some examples where patients are so afraid to leave the house that they're just not doing any exercise, any activity. And that leads to depression that affects the outcome and the care of both the parent as well as the child. And I have had personal experiences where I'm hoping that after they came to clinic, we could help them overcome those. I'm sure other places have had those same experiences. It's really difficult to reflect on this for everyone, right, as these shutdowns and loss of economic opportunities and school closures. It's really an incredible time that we're living through. I think that you've really highlighted nicely some of the truly positive adaptations that CF centers have had to make during the pandemic, some of which may stay with us. Can you give us some of your final thoughts about these positive adaptations and and how they actually may improve CF care moving forward? Yes. So what's the silver lining here, right? I think we definitely have learned how strong CF teams are, and that is the community of providers that have really pulled together, led by the CF Foundation who provided home spirometry and multiple other opportunities and continues to support everybody. It has shown how good our social work help is and how important that is. And it also has actually shown how beneficial it was for the CF patients and families to know about infection control. I rarely see a child with CF that complains about wearing a mask. They just shrug, laugh, and say, 
well, I've been doing this all along. What's the big deal? So I think it does show resilience in this population. And I reflect on moving forward, what can we learn? That for me would be how do we integrate telehealth opportunities into care to make it easier on patients and still provide the same quality of care that we have provided. Dr. Marianne Mullenbach, thank you so much for being with us today. For E-Cystic Fibrosis Review, I'm Dr. Lisa Samens.